Algar Productions. Welcome to the Post Atomic Black Mirror podcast with your hosts, Ron Algarwatt and Matt Robotham. Covering episode 14, USS Callister. Hi friends. It's uh it's it's the the tens week on mm-hmm. Pa. Now we're Doing... into stuff that you and possibly your mother have heard of. Well, I mean, everyone remembers Deadly Games, obviously. Sure. Who doesn't? I mean, certainly everybody I'm friends with remembers Deadly Games. Well, Not certainly sure how everyone... that happened, but... Uh... Well, I am exactly sure how that happened. <laughs> certainly everyone who listens to this podcast had heard of it prior to that and now still has. Uh-huh. Oh, boy. Mm. Um... But this week we uh, keeping keeping the streak going because last week we watched something very good and mm-hmm. uh, this week as well I think yeah and I was I I was under the mistaken impression you'd never seen any Black Mirror at all and you were just no telling I me that is I not have true. seen very little Black Mirror I've seen like the first first season's like three episodes long I think I've seen most of the third uh, the first season and <clears throat> and the uh, the movie Bandersnatch which is that weird choose your own adventure movie set in the 80s about video games right cuz now they're like exclusively on Netflix they're trying to play around with the uh, yeah with the form which is cool mm-hmm. i've i've found the series to be a bit repetitive after a while like i liked it for a bit sure. but it feels like like there's there's one dude who writes all of it and sometimes he co-writes with other people but it's always mm-hmm. at least partially his yeah and with just about anything after a while you can you can start to tell like mm-hmm. especially something with such a narrow focus as this which is i like, mean i've only well, seen a handful episodes and like i get it yeah you've already seen the same kind of thing a few times cell phones are bad technology is bad yeah and corporations are bad there's there's meat on that bone for sure and sure. there have been some very good episodes and in fact i would say this is not even the very best episode mm-hmm like that that distinction for me and for a lot of people goes to uh San Junipero. Yeah. Which if you haven't seen I would highly highly recommend. All right. Um but uh but this one I think is my second favorite. This one is very very good and and also like I say I'm trying to keep my choices sort of tangentially Star Trek related. Yeah, well, this one certainly is. I mean, it's not direct like nobody involved in Star Trek was involved with it. Nobody, no actors, no writers, mm-hmm. no, you know, anything. And yet I feel like any actor, like any former Trek actors showing up in this would sort of like take take you out of it. Oh, absolutely. It would. Like Plus, it would be too much. Everyone in it is relatively young, like 30-ish. Yeah. And, you know, Star Trek had been gone for so long that like there aren't a lot of 30-year-old actors that were in Star Trek just because it's been so long. Yeah. So so there's also that. Uh, but why don't you get started? You've, you've written, I mean... We were just saying, like, uh, the you know, Fahey has set the, the bar, like, the gold standard for the very long summary. It's not quite uh, that long, but... Uh, this is pretty long, because God, a lot happens in this. Yeah, it does. Well, uh, let's let's hear it. What do you got? All right, so this... <clears throat> Meet Captain Robert Daly, captain of the USS Callister. Her mission? To explore strange new worlds, seek out new life and new civilization, and to boldly make out with all the women on his bridge crew. Tonight's episode... Vengeance of Valdak. Our brave hero is the fearsome Valdak on the ropes, but the slippery space criminal manages to escape with the MacGuffinium crystal and live to fight another day. Still, it's a hard-won victory for the crew of the Callister, so like, so line up for hot makeouts from the brave captain, ladies. Wait, no. Meet Robert Daly, a poor put-upon CEO and game designer for Callister Incorporated. 
creator of Infinity, an online MMORPG that lets gamers play in an infinitely procedurally generated universe in real-time VR. Although Daly is a brilliant designer and millionaire, he is disrespected by his employees and dismissed by Callister's co-owner James Walton. His only escape is a custom-built skin of Infinity in which he plays the captain of the USS Callister, the ship from his favorite television show, Space Fleet, which looks suspiciously like Star Trek if you file the numbers off. In Space Fleet, he can be a real hero and work off, the, off steam as he guides a crew of his co-workers through the galaxy. And he can smack him around a little bit if they get too mouthy or if he's had a particularly bad day. Or if he just feels like it. Wait, no, okay. Meet Nanette, Co Nanette Cole. A new coder at Callister Incorporated looking forward to working with her hero, Robert Daly. She's extremely excited to be working on the new update for Infinity alongside Daly, whom she deeply admires for his coding. Even if he is kind of a scary creep, and he maybe stole the lid off of her coffee cup, coffee cup for no reason. Wait, no, hang on. Meet science officer Nanette Cole, who just found herself aboard the USS Callister under the command of her boss from work, Robert Daly. She and a number of other employees, co-workers, and randos that just so happen to piss Daly off now serve aboard the digital Callister as completely sentient copies who must act out Robert's fantasies every day or risk being tortured, beaten, or transformed into monsters so that Robert has the pleasure of shooting them, but never killed. Because Robert Daly is a fucking sociopath who has stolen, stolen their DNA from work and scanned them into his own personal hell. Nanette instantly tries to escape from cheesy space hell, but the rest of the crew aren't exactly helpful, since Robert has apparently spent years torturing them for his own amusement. For example, he has a copy of Walton's son's DNA and is perfectly happy to infinitely torture a six-year-old boy if it means that he can hurt this guy from work. Nanette realizes that an update is coming to Infinity, which will wipe Robert's protected copy if it's online when it, when it happens, thankfully killing all of them. Uh, it also involves them flying the ship into a wormhole, because this whole thing is still very Star Trek. The crew are able to contact real-life Nanette, and then blackmail her with racy pictures of herself, forcing her to sneak into Daly's apartment and steal his copies of their DNA so that he can't just start this horrible process all over again. Then there's a high-speed chase between the crew and Robert in an escape capsule because, again, Star Trek. Walton sacrifices himself to reignite the engines and also tells Robert to go fuck himself. And then the Callister escapes into the wormhole. Meanwhile, Robert finds himself trapped in a universe that is completely shutting down, sealing him out of his body in an infinite black void of nothing. Forever. Meanwhile, the Callister is pushed out of Robert's fantasy and into the actual universe of Infinity where they can explore forever. Or until the game shuts down. Also, they're stuck in a fucking MMORPG. Listen... I played War World, World of Warcraft for about for a while, about six months, and I would happily take oblivion over being stuck in there. <laughs> Wait, okay, let's start from the beginning. I'm uh -huh. Peter Parker. Uh huh. <laughs> <laughs> no, in fact, your um, the 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 um, the, the conceit of your uh, summary is mm. basically my good thing. I love the fake out. It's so good. You think you're watching one of those poor, abused white guy escapes into, you know, virtual fantasy to, well, to get away from things? Honestly, I, it, I'm really glad we watched this after Deadly Games, which has which has a lot of similarities between the two shitty white guy characters. I guess it does. It didn't even it did not even occur to me. This yeah. is like Deadly Games done well. Yeah. Because it realizes he's a piece of shit. Yeah, it's yeah, like about... it's not trying to see like yeah, the guy who you know copies everyone from everyone from his regular life so that he can do whatever he wants them yeah. in his fantasies is actually a bad thing. That's that's a good catch. I did not. I don't know how I didn't see that. Probably because I've completely wiped Deadly Games from my mind. Yeah, right. <laughs> but no, I love that, and I love it. You think that that's that kind of story because we've seen that so many times in pop culture. I mean, we've seen it in Star Trek. We had Barkley. Yeah, exactly. And well, then like, fifteen and, and or twenty can... minutes in, you realize what you're actually watching, and it's yeah, great. And... 
it's so you can see in my notes as I sort of catch on to what's going on. And it mm-hmm. goes from like I, I real like, you know, we start on Star Trek and I'm like, OK, something's happening here. I'm not sure what, but it's clearly not about this. Yeah. And then we get into like the the the, the real universe of the show, which, by the way, is great. Like the makeup on real life daily is com- as compared to like video mm-hmm. game daily is really good. Like he's balding sort of in real life. And he's mm-hmm. got like the makeup is makes him look like he's got kind of a shitty complexion. No, and the and the dude who plays him is uh, Jesse Plemons, and mm-hmm. I guess he's from Friday Night Lights, which I've never seen, but people really liked him in that. He was Todd in Breaking Bad, who another sociopath. Uh, another sociopath. He's very good at that. Yeah, because he looks like a nice guy that's got something going on. You can't quite place. Like when you meet him, it's like, oh, what a sweet kid. Wait. Well, I mean, that's the thing. He's like he seems like a perfectly nice guy until he starts hitting you. Yeah, but he's got that look. He's got mm-hmm. that look of someone who you think. Like you just look, and you know he's got a go. He's got a good smile. He's a, he's an okay guy. Wait, yeah. no, yeah. something something's off here. What is up? And I like that a lot. And they he really plays that up. But we go from so we go from the real world to, and then we go back to the fantasy. And you're like, oh, okay, I see. He's copied everyone from his. I I've watched Deadly Games. I know how this works. And then he starts like screaming and like choking uh, Walton out, and just like, yeah. oh, okay. This is not as good. As, this is yeah, but at that point, more you still upsetting than I think. At that point, you still don't realize that the people in the game are self-aware copies. You think, yeah. okay, well, these are just simulations, and he's just like getting some frustrations out, and this is a little problematic, but it's still, I like, guess, okay. I, I, I could see this. It's yeah. weird, but okay. Yeah, it's a violation of privacy, but uh, it's kind of borderline, mm-hmm. I guess. Uh, but then having, like, Nanette wake up and, like, you can tell almost right away, just like, oh, oh, no. Yeah, because it switches to her POV and you're like, oh, God, they know who they are. Yeah. Yeah. And then we slowly go through and, like, yeah, we've we've all been here for so long that he's beaten us down and we're all terrified of him. Yeah. We don't want to disobey because he'll do horrible, horrible things. The story of how he beat down Walton is so upsetting. It is, and the um, the dude who plays him looks a lot physically looks a lot like um, uh, uh, what's his name, Elon Musk. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if that was intentional, but he's a CEO piece of shit, so I think probably yes. I I I, I think Black Mirror knows ha- yeah. has sort of an idea of what's going on in the real world. Like that wouldn't yeah. surprise me. Certainly in that very specific corner of the world. Yeah, exactly. The tech world, not to be confused with tech war. Different. No. Thing. That's a yeah, but uh, no, I I very much enjoyed like um, the the unfolding of all that, and some of my favorite sort of social justice stories are fake outs like this because people who might enjoy the yeah work is shitty, why don't you go choke your boss? That'll make you feel better, and then suddenly mm-hmm. it sort of Trojan horses you into like oh. Oh, no, this is different than I thought it was. And maybe it'll get through to someone who wouldn't normally be down for that kind of thing. You know? Yeah, exactly. And I like that. I like when Twilight Zone does it. I also like, because this kind of, I mean, this show is clearly modeled after the Twilight Zone. Yes. And you kind of expect the twist at the end. And instead mm-hmm. it comes after, like, the first act. And it's so, it's so good. Like, yeah. just floored me. Yeah, no, it's great. And and I even uh, uh, talked to you before you did. Like, I don't mm-hmm. know what your process is, but I, I asked you to not look at my notes because my notes obviously had a ton of spoilers and, like, I wanted you to, like, experience it. And... Well, I, I told you this. I usually – I only look at your – I only look at your notes if, one, once I finish the episode and sort of – because it's like, oh, I wonder what Al thought of this. Or, two, the episode is boring. Yeah. No, see, I – you know, 
ADHD. Very bored like, all the time. I wonder if Al thought this was boring. Yep, yes. he did. Turns out, yes. Usually on the same page on that. Yep. Pretty much always. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I really enjoyed that whole aspect of everything. It, yeah, it's very good. Yep. It really is. And everyone um, in it is so good. Like, I love, just everyone's beaten down in a variety of ways. Just like, oh, okay. Yeah. The poor Russian woman who has to be the alien is just like, yeah, blue skin. I don't know. Feels racist to me. One of the things I really like, and and this this gets a little complicated, and maybe I'm not qualified to talk about this, so I'm gonna I'm gonna like preface it with that. I'm gonna wade through this as best I can, and if I get this wrong, please someone you know chime in. Mm. But the idea that Nanette is very sexual and sex sex positive, yeah, is very good to me because. I, and I hate that I have to point this out in a show that was made in, I, I don't know, 2017 or whenever this came sure. out. Sure. Not too long ago. Because f- female characters, you know, like, it should go without saying. Female characters have every right to be just as, you know, like, promiscuous and sexual and everything else as male sure. characters. But you don't see it that often. And she is. She's got a bunch of nudes on, on the cloud. She's She's... Like, she's a little ashamed, but she's also fine with it. She's really... Actually, this is your quote. She's really offended by by uh, a certain development. I'll let you set this up. Yeah, so there's a weird uh, reveal in this that, like, nobody in uh, nobody in Space Fleet has genitals. Yeah, and... Yeah, like, sorry. Th- there's, a, there's a point where like, Walton takes his pants off and just, like, it's just blank. It's like, if you've ever seen Dogma, it looks like Alan Rickman's crutch. Yeah, it's a Ken doll. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's a more universally... Re- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good pull. All right. All um, right. No, but it just... And then this happens. There's no genitals in Space Fleet. This is a wholesome universe. He must have modified our code that way. Mm. We're all the same. You don't believe me? Take a look down there. We have tried grinding our mounds together out of sheer boredom. <laughs> no sensation at all. Can't even ship. Can't even have the basic fucking pleasure of pushing out a shit. I'm just taking shit. Okay. Stealing my pussy is a red fucking line. Yeah, and I love how offended she like she like I said, she's a very sexual character, and that's never portrayed as a as a negative. I love that. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, sort of uh, alternatively, um, what's his name? Robert is mm-hmm. completely. Like, not. Like, part of his whole thing mm. is he kisses them, never open-mouthed. Yeah. Nobody has genitals. Nobody has sex. He's exercising power over them, but not in that way. And something about that makes it uh, not worse, because obviously mm. violating them would be worse. But yeah. it makes it, like, his psychological... And this is where I say, like, I might not be qualified to talk about this. I know it makes him more interesting. I can't exactly pinpoint why like well, the fact that he's so underdeveloped mm-hmm. it's not that he's asexual it's that he's like stunted yeah it's absolutely. not a, it's not the way he's wired it's there's something wrong there's a, there's a difference between those two things and that's what he is and it's part of his psychosis and i really like that well there's the whole there's the whole sequence where Nanette's like trying to seduce him like she lures him into like this lake or whatever. Yeah, and he so just the, doesn't know what to do with it yeah, at first. He's, he's he's completely baffled by the whole thing and it's just like, well, the the the, the mission and stuff. 
Yeah, he's like a he's like a ten year old who knows what sex is but doesn't understand what it is. Yeah. And I don't know, I that added to it and the and contrast ne- they never talk about it. It's no. just a thing in the episode and it like it really adds to like this weird character. Well, and it's also because when you talk about toxic masculinity, and I've seen a couple of good things deal with that. Mm-hmm. Like, it's a conversation that needs to keep happening, but it's good sure. to see it. Um, it's usually tied up with some really ugly things about sex, which is valid, but that's not all that it is. And this manages to focus on different aspects of it, mm-hmm. which I like. And yeah. uh, again, the contrast between that and her being very, uh, you know, unashamedly very sexual. Yeah, absolutely. Really added to it for me. Mm-hmm. And, you know, very good. I really yes. enjoyed that a lot. No, also, is, yeah, I haven't mentioned yet, but uh, Jesse Plemons does a fantastic Shatner impression. Like, oh yeah, there has been the same Shatner impression around that every hack comic and and voice actor has done for fifty years. Yeah, that, you've, you you you've heard it. You've heard us do it about a billion times. Uh, yeah, because I'm like, we're both okay voice actors with some mm-hmm. experience, but that's a that's a tricky one to do, and it's easier just to fall back on the one you know. Yeah, but he in re- in recent years we've come around on the the Chris Pine one, which is almost Shatner, but not quite. Yeah, but he doesn't do it very often either. Bones. Yeah, like he he throws a line in here and there. Yeah, Th- this whole episode, J- Jesse Plemons very clearly listened to the way Shatner talked instead of the way pop culture thinks he talks, mm-hmm. and instead of doing this, you know, that everyone does, mm-hmm. you know, he he gets and again I can't do it. It's it's so it's such a weird way of talking you know this this sort of thing but not exactly and he rocket man yeah but it's there from minute one and you know exactly what he's doing yeah absolutely very good Mm -hmm. and it's just i've heard so many bad impressions it's it's so weird and refreshing to hear a good one for a change you know Uh, what was your good thing I love the design on this show. Like, mm-hmm. it is so like it's clear that the writers are are big Trek fans, but whoever does the design is amazing. Mm-hmm. Like, the whole from the from the first scene when they're like, when you're just on the bridge and just like everything looks kind of weird and like like wavy, like you're watching it on like a '60s TV or something. Yeah the 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 way they sort of downgrade everything. There's a there's an effect, and I'm probably getting this wrong. Like Bob's gonna listen to this and yell at me, but I think <laughs> it's called chroma key. When they're uh-huh. on the when they're on the planet, and it's like you have the background of whatever location they went to, and then behind that you have like some space. Mm-hmm. It's like this really shitty. Like they used it in old Doctor Who. Yeah, like it's very bad. It's like the thing. It's like green screen, but worse. Mm-hmm. And it looks like that. It looks like deliberately made to look like an old shitty effect. Yeah. But then, like, like there's a thing in the Trek movies where th- that they do where everything looks like Star Trek, but also like new. Yeah. This does. This isn't like that. This is, if I can compare it to anything, it's like when they updated the uh, the effects in the in uh, old Trek to like make them look better. Oh yeah, the remastered uh, Blu-ray versions. Yeah, it's almost like the, everything looks '60s and like retro, but everything looks just beautiful. Yep. Except the ship still looks very much like a model. Well, yeah, exactly. But it, but like, there's a there's a shot when it's just like we come in and like all we can see is like the the glow of the engine, 
mm-hmm. and then like a sun rises and we see the ship and it's absolutely breathtaking like it is because and and it's one of those things and we talked about this a lot in uh with discovery and everything else like space shows are so sort of dark and grimy mm-hmm. now like it's it's weird to see one that using that sort of 60s aesthetic again it's nice yeah yeah especially after last week when we did battlestar galactica which is, right which was great grimy. like i enjoyed oh, yeah. the I, we talked about the aesthetic of that show but mm-hmm. i i very much enjoy the bright hopeful looking one too yeah and everything's, you know, it's it's so clearly, like, there's no chance we're just reading Star Trek into this because we like Star Trek. It is, there's nothing else it could be. Mm-hmm. Like, bright primary colors, the bridge looks so similar. Yeah, the uniform colors are, like, yeah. down pat, you know. Yeah, and they're wearing, like, different ones, like the captain's wearing red. Yeah, but, he's got that, ja- that Picard jacket you like so much. Yep, I do, I like that mm-hmm. jacket. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's, you know, it's everything's just very bright. And it also provides a good contrast to when he goes back to the real world and everything's sort of bleak and gray. Yeah, exactly. It's all very colorful in this escape world that he has. And at first yeah. you think, oh, well, well, that's nice for him. And then it's like, oh, God. No. And like, you know, living in that kind of like that weird sanitized like mm-hmm. the world, especially if you're not a, like a Trek fan and just like, God, this is stupid. Oh yeah. And There's a moment when uh uh when they're on an adventure and Nanette's just watching him like banter with the bad guy who's mm-hmm. had to do this like a billion times and she's like, Oh my god. Yep. And it feels like they've all been through it and uh-huh. they all just have to suck it up and deal with it. But yeah. Yeah. And what I also like is any of the original things that he adds are very uninspired. Mm-hmm. Every planet they go to looks exactly the same. Every monster is the same monster. Yeah. Like, like he likes the show, but he has no imagination of his own. Right. And and that feeds into the, the, the sexual thing I was talking about before. Just it adds to this weird profile of him, mm-hmm. which I liked a lot. Uh, what was your bad thing? Uh, it was a little weird, but um, I worry that real life Nanette is going to blame herself for what she did when uh, Daly's body is eventually found. <laughs> yeah, the fact she that doesn't they do... have to blackmail real life Nanette and yeah. just leave her hanging. Like she's a very likable character, and then yeah. like this horrible. As far as she knows, this ver- this horrible thing that will never be explained to her happens. Yeah, and like this dude who is like her boss, and presumably like at least sort of famous, at least in the gaming world, mm-hmm. is gonna eventually like the eventually he's gonna be found, mm-hmm. and like she is clearly going. Oh God, I switched that thing, and now he's in a coma forever. This is clearly my fault. Well, and he's got a he's got a doorbell cam because the he could see the pizza guy through it. So yeah, it's possible they'll run the security footage and see that she was in there. Yeah, absolutely. Which is not good. No, she doesn't deserve that. She seems like a very nice young woman. Yeah. Uh, also, the, the pizza that he called for the pizza guy has about three lines. That guy almost stole the whole fucking thing. Oh yeah. Just so clearly, so happy to be there. Like he got, he got screwed out of a giant tip that he was provided. He was in it for all of eight seconds, but Jesus, did he just like grab the spotlight and like, this is my show now. Uh huh. And just you know, yet another indicator that uh, Daly is just human garbage. Yep. Well, I mean the 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 people on the ship like mm-hmm. called the pizza, you know, used his tech to call the ship or uh, sure. call for pizza. And say, we promise you a giant tip if you get it here in 10 minutes. And then mm-hmm. he's like, I didn't say that. Go away. <laughs> so he's, that's not entirely on him. That's a little on him. No. But, he's still, yeah. he's a fucking millionaire. Like. Oh, yeah. No, he absolutely should have. Plus, it's Christmas Eve. Yeah. 
Like, you, you make a delivery person come out on a holiday. Like, come on, man. Yeah, fuck that guy. Well, yeah, I mean, fuck that guy for so many other reasons. Yeah, I got a list here. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there's a there's a point at the beginning where he's uh, he's he's walking Nanette through his office mm-hmm. and showing her like he's got he's got the show on VHS and DVD and Blu-ray because he's that kind of guy. Yeah. Uh, and and um, and he says that it's even on Netflix. And I wonder if Netflix made them put that in there. They definitely made him put them put that in there because that felt so clumsy to me. Yeah, exactly. That's on Netflix now. Uh huh. Yeah. But, no, I've uh, seen that before. That popped up in uh, Bandersnatch, too, I believe. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me. Yeah. They probably have a guy there specifically looking over scripts and finding places where you can mention it. Oh, no, wait. That was because, like, the reality of the sh- the game was breaking down. That makes a little bit more sense now that I'm thinking about it. Ah, okay, then. No, but uh, as he's going through his collection and everything, you got, like, like they, they put some work into, like, the, the sort of peripheral material. Mm-hmm. Like, as well as the look of the show itself. Oh yeah. They also made like uh box covers for whatever whatever uh videotape he picked up, like just one of them. Mm-hmm. But and then like uh some comic books and some Oh the like, the comic post- covers that he's got decorating his his office are gorgeous. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like they yeah. they put some work into the like the all the related material in addition to the actual show, which I thought mm-hmm. was a nice touch. And it feels like the the design people must have really had a lot of fun with this. I I definitely like, I mean, like, I, I haven't seen much of Black Mirror, but, like, it looks like, you know, you don't get a whole lot of, you know, weird sci-fi crap and monsters. Like Sometimes, because, I mean, this is not the only one that deals with, you know, virtual whatever. So, like, sure. you can have whatever you want once you, you play in that world. Yeah. There's, like, three or four of them I can think of that deal with that. So Yeah, no, the, the, the last one I saw was that dealt with virtual reality was, like, them working in an office or whatever. And there was a whole lot of, like... Who wants to be, or like, uh, not who wants to be a millionaire. Uh, the fuck? Uh, that singing show, you know? Uh, yeah, oh yeah, American Idol. American Idol, thank you. Yeah. Yeah, somebody was in that that's, that ended up being in something much better. Yeah. And now I can't think of, like, my mind is completely a blank. Yeah. Again, everyone's yelling at us what the correct answer is, but. Well. Oh, well. If you if you know the answer, keep it to yourself. <laughs> Or tell us, but uh, write it on know. an envelope. Write it on a piece of paper. Seal it in an envelope, and then bury it in your backyard. And a goblin will let us know what it says. <laughs> you can try to tell us, but I'm go- I forget everything. So. Uh huh. No, de- definitely go with the goblin thing. I would say mail it to yourself, and then it's copyrighted. Uh huh. That's how that works, right? That way you can make money off of it in the future. I I guess. Don't you like money? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, if we have to have it, I guess I do. Yeah. Uh, so my bad thing, I, yes. I got, I mean, I have, I have this, which is just kind of a nothing, which is, mm-hmm. it was a bit long. Yeah, it was. Like, I don't think it, it was an hour and a half. I don't think it needed to be. I think it would have been just as effective at an hour. Yeah. But, uh, uh, beyond that, some of the logic of how the, the tech worked, and I don't care that much. Like, I don't want an actual scientific explanation. I just mean, like, the logic of it. Like, the fact that in the last act... Uh, Daly could not move. Like, it's his game. Yeah. He can't say, send me to the ship. It's a computer program. He should be able to, as the user, put himself anywhere in it. I, I, I can kind of see him as, like, the guy who is devoted to the, like, the show not wanting to be able to just jump around. Yes, but, I agree. But there should be a, there should be a cheat. There should be, yeah. a, like, a backdoor. As the programmer, he should have some easy way to go anywhere instantly. Yeah. 
in his own simulation. It just well, like, I, and I get that was the that was the the peril in the last act. Will he catch yeah. them? Yeah, but it didn't. And the fact that they're able to escape through a thing that puts them into the the huh? Yeah, no, and like. A lot of that stuff got very confusing when I had to try to explain it in the summary. It's just, okay, so Because why it doesn't make this... any sense. Yeah. You have like, to understand something to explain it to someone else, and it doesn't yeah. make sense. Yeah. So it's just like, I don't know, they have to go through a wormhole, and it'll take them into... They, it'll delete well, them, or except it doesn't. I, oh, fine, fine. Just just like you said, it's very Star Trek. It doesn't uh-huh. make any sense, but also you understand what's happening to the people, so it doesn't matter that much. Yeah, exactly. And he doesn't. And, like, the fact that, like, him chasing them, like, it definitely, like, ups the tension, because you do not want this guy to catch these poor people. No, of course not. Who just want to die. We've seen what he can do. He he takes her face away the first time. Yeah. Which which we haven't talked about. That was great. Which is horrible and also a great Star Trek reference. It is. I was actually thinking of a Twilight Zone reference. I didn't even remember that it was in Star Trek. Yeah. That's a good catch. That was my first tip that's like, oh, these guys really know what they're doing, because... That's not a super well-known uh, yeah. original series reference. No, I remember it now that you say that, but it yeah. did not like occur to me at the time at all. There was a, in the Twilight Zone movie the the version their version of the wish you into the cornfield kid. Oh sure, yeah. Made his uh, sister's mouth disappear. Mm. That's that's what it made me think of. Um, I mean, I've seen that a couple of times. Yeah. The but yeah that was that was suitably horrifying and then uh, the thing that he did to the kid, yep, like going Awful. to all that trouble to bring his actual child there just so he could torture him right in front of him that's that's brutal yeah and to do it and to be able, and I'll do it infinitely I don't care yeah I've got the DNA I can just keep doing it yeah and each time the kid doesn't remember what happened then it happens to him for the first time all over again and it's always like you know. You kind of you kind of lose this, but it's always the real person. Like yes, the real person is downloaded into this game, and it's yeah. horrible. And okay, again, doesn't make any sense. DNA does not contain your memories, but sure, what wh- whatever. <laughs> but I mean, the, it works. Like I I got it the second like yeah the that's second the thing. she wakes it's up like, and starts looking around. It's like I'm not oh. gonna I'm not gonna pick it apart. Yeah, it's but it, but I am gonna point it out. Like it, it doesn't actually make any sense at all. No, but you and I've I've seen most of Black Mirror. Most of the the conceits that the episodes are hung on don't make any sense. You just have to kind of buy into it and go. Sure, you know, just shut up. Mm-hmm. That's why. Um, what else? What else? I didn't have a whole lot of notes here, just because like I get like last week I was pretty much just watching the show. I was really enjoying it. So at the end, they mm-hmm. go through the uh, the black hole. Yes, and they've got the whole like. I guess universe of MMORPGs at their at their feet, which, mm-hmm. as you point out, ugh. yeah. I mean, like f- at first, I thought they got la- like they got launched into the internet, which at least you know yeah. that could be interesting. That's an infinite universe of weird crap to explore. But like getting stuck in the game, like I, I understand that this is like the future and like this is a huge universe to explore, but it's still like you know. Yeah, it's a it's a it's an MMORPG. It's a popular one, but those yeah. don't last forever unless they're World of Warcraft. Yeah, and even that at this point is just like devotees. Like it's not as big as yeah. it used to be. There are still people playing it, but and I guess if it gets shut down, like either it just sort of stays forever. Like yeah. a lot, like a lot of old old MMORPGs are still on with like you know a handful of pe- people still playing. Like you can still play yeah. like EverQuest or whatever. Mm-hmm. 
or it gets shut down and they die, which is what they wanted in the first place. So, right. but I don't but, know. Uh, first of all, the the very first person they run into is like your typical gamer, which I loved, and uh, wonderful voice cameo by uh, Aaron Paul, mm-hmm. who does not call them bitch, but basically does. I was trying to remember. I, like I recognized the voice instantly. But yeah. I couldn't remember who it was. Who it was? If he had said "bitch," I would have. Oh, sure, it's Jesse Pinkman. And I think either Breaking Bad was just ending or had just ended. Like it was. Like I think he was still trying to distance himself just a little from that. So yeah, I can see not wanting to do that. And well, you know, the thing is, I also haven't watched Breaking Bad in a long time. Like I know him yeah. from Bojack now, but in yeah, Bojack, exactly. he puts he puts a bit like Todd has a bit of a voice put on. Yeah, a little bit. L- a little bit, but it's there. Yeah. No, and but it is a great like little like you got to have a voice of someone who's like a belligerent you know gamer type and mm-hmm. excellent choice. Like that's that's a very good pick if you want your typical like you know calling you names and and sure. threatening to beat you up, threatening to come to your house and beat you up. He's he's a good choice <laughs> for that. Yeah, but what I like is everyone turns to Nanette because it was her inspiration that got them out of this. It was partially her plan that got mm-hmm. them out of this. So like she's the captain. And yeah. they actually call her captain. And in the grand tradition of, uh, you know, uh, engage, make it so, like that that thing the yeah. captains say. She says, let's fuck off somewhere. <laughs> That's her captain catchphrase. I also like, where to, captain? You, you can just call me the net. Yeah. <laughs> but I love, you know, let's see what's out there. Let's fuck off somewhere. <laughs> Very good. Uh-huh. And they fucked off into the sunset. Uh-huh. Beautiful. <laughs> yeah. Just Beautiful. No, I I very much enjoyed this one, and I was worried, like, having seen it before, like, I, I always worry about that. Like, I liked this a few years ago, but maybe I don't now, or maybe mm-hmm. the the fun of it was the twist, and the now that I see it coming, it won't be as good, but no, it, was, it still was. I'd actually like to watch it again, just sort of like to see that early stuff, like how it's set up. Mm-hmm. No, it, it's, it's definitely, it's still hard to see coming is the nice uh-huh. thing. There's not, like, a lot of clues or anything, which sure. is good. Uh, anything else? Um... Let's see here. Run a little short this week, but I mean, yeah, these are as happens. long as they are. Like, that's, yeah. that's just how it goes. No, no, no I uh, I think that's everything. Very well. We did your quote. Yep. Uh, so I guess that's it. Yeah. So for next week, this is yes. a surprise for Matt. Like, uh-huh. sometimes I, I like to get your live reaction of things. Mm. So um, we, we've done, you know, we started in the 60s, which is like... I guess we could probably try to find something from the 50s, but really TV, like science fiction TV, apart from the Twilight Zone, really started taking off in the 60s. We're going to do yes. better like, if we start what, do you there. want to watch Captain Video or something? Like, plus there's, yeah, plus there's not a lot preserved. Yeah. We don't have a ton of options. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we're, we're going back, we're starting back at the beginning. And because there's an odd number of decades, that means I actually get two turns. Like, we end up both being able to pick from each decade, but I get to pick two in a row. Sure. So we're going back to the 60s. Uh, can you remember there was an original series episode called uh, Friday's Child? It's about uh, this uh, pregnant woman. Yes, yes. Okay. Uh, um, was that Julie Newmar? It's played by yeah, an actor. I don't know if you've heard of her called Julie Newmar. She did this yeah. other show called uh, Batman. Oh no! Yes, old chum. We will be. That is my Star Trek connection. We will be doing a Catwoman episode of Batman sixty six. Yes. Figured you'd like that. I mean, I love Batman. I love yeah, I Batman know. 66. Yeah, I know you do. I do too. Yeah. And it finally hit uh, Blu-ray like a couple of years ago and I finally got to watch the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Like I'd only seen reruns when I was a kid and then it, you know, famously went out of print for a long time. Yeah, it was. Yeah. 
Like, unless you had the cable channel that showed it, you couldn't see it. That showed it eight times a day, as I recall. Correctly. Uh, yeah, but but it, it passed through different hands. Like, I think TV Land had it, but I think then I think it was on something that not everyone had. Mm-hmm. But, but now you can get it everywhere. Uh, and we are doing uh, episodes 19 and 20, uh, because they're half hour, we're going to do two of them. And they're, they're related to partners. Sure. Uh, the Perfect Crime and Better Luck Next Time. Because, you know, they always they always rhyme. That fucking show. Yeah. Oh, God. All right. So, again, that's the Star Trek connection. I was like, oh, yeah, we could do that. Or we could do a Riddler one because Gorshin. Mm. Yep. Or uh, actually uh, Roger C. Carmel, who originally played Harry Mudd. We could do his, although I did not like the villain that he played, so... Did not go with that one, but uh, which one was he? Was he was he the new Mad Hatter? No, he wasn't anyone that I'd heard of. Like if he was from the comics, he's not one of the big ones. Ah, uh-huh. I don't remember off the top of my head, but I'm gonna look it up now. Roger C. Carmel, Batman, uh, Colonel Gum. Oh sure, he was in the Green Hornet crossover. Okay. Ah, yeah, I I didn't care for him enough to you know because I would have gone with someone more obviously Star Trek connected, but sure. Julian Omar was in a Star Trek episode, mm-hmm. so still counts. Not that it matters. That's just my thing. Sure. So that is what we will be doing next week. All right. Um, so, yeah, that's it. Well, uh, I'm excited about doing the summary. <laughs> yeah, I, I figured you would be. Uh, so, as ever, the website, postatomichorror.com. The uh, Tumblr, postatomichorror.tumblr.com. We are on Twitter, at Algar, at Robot Matt. Uh, mm-hmm. If you want to donate to our Patreon, we would, we would love that. Uh, uh, by the way, I don't know if we have made this very clear, but that money has been, like, consistently distributed to all of the contributors like mm-hmm. Matt's getting a chunk and all the voice actors for Endeavor are getting a chunk that's not like going in my pocket that either sure. goes to production costs or to the people helping out and um, and I think particularly for Endeavor because everyone on that is doing such an amazing job like I know like oh I'd love to get more money I'm not saying that because I want more money for me mm-hmm. I'm saying I would love to be able to pay those performers more and it's done as sort of a percentage basis. So if like if more people would uh, would donate to that, I would very much appreciate it because because those guys have been working their asses off and they very much deserve like absolutely to be to be compensated for their efforts. Mm-hmm. And that is at Patreon.com/slash/Algar. Uh, Endeavor episode five just posted. Uh, yep. We're we're very pleased with that. Uh, we're as as we finish this, we're about to go over the script for six. We're yep. You know. Going strong, very excited. USSEndeavor.com. Check that out. And uh, we'll be back next week. Yeah, see you, folks. The Post-Atomic Black Mirror podcast is a co-production of Ron Algarwatt and Matt Robotham. Copyright 2019. Please don't sue us. We're just doing this until Star Trek comes back.